Hello, this is Daniel Orton, pastor of Harvest House United Pentecostal Church in Marion, Kentucky. It is our desire to see hurting hearts and minds healed as they are born again into the kingdom of God. It is my desire that this podcast will be a blessing to you and help bring you closer to Jesus. We've been talking in class over the past couple of weeks about the gospel. Uh, there, It says in 2 Corinthians 15 that I, Paul told them, I delivered to you the way it was delivered to me. How that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and he was buried, buried and he rose again three days later according to the scriptures. Now, Pastor was talking, he said, Easter, we've got our programs, we've got our ideas, and we're all so excited about Easter, we crowd the place out, we give away prizes, we all rejoice, we get excited. But I noticed on my Bible reading plan, it's, uh, the Bible app, it put out a notification, it said, what happened after Easter? What happened after Easter? Well, if you would, he proceeds to continue in 2 Corinthians 15, and he says, And then he was seen. He was seen. People started seeing Jesus all over the place. First he was seen by Peter, and then he was seen by the twelve, and then he was seen by 500 people all at once, many of whom are still alive today. And he goes on and he says, and he was seen of James and then of all the apostles. All of the, all the apostles, all of, everybody saw Jesus. He was seen. So what we are seeing today you have Easter, you have the resurrection, you have when everything starts getting stirred up. After that, Jesus gets seen. For the next 40 days, he starts explaining to people. He starts explaining some things to people. He, he starts telling them all kinds of things. He, he starts saying, revealing all of the truth to them. So if you'll allow what you heard on Easter to begin to reveal some truth to you, you may just find that your life will be transformed. What was taught, on e what was taught here on Easter was the gospel, and I believe every single teacher here talked about the gospel. I talked about it downstairs in my class. I'm sure that my mother talked about it in hers. I, I know the title on Sunday morning was the gospel. So if you'll just let the gospel into your life and begin to over the next few, over the next month or so, just continue and let that ruminate in your mind. Let that start rolling around. Your life will be transformed. It matters what happens after Easter because 50 days later, Fifty days later, you get to this thing called Pentecost, and uh, it's pretty great. It's when Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you will be a witness to me. Anyway, that's not what I'm here to talk about today. It's just something that kind of started rolling in my mind while he was talking. So if you would, I've got a couple of verses to read today in a couple of different chapters, two different places in the Bible. 
and at first they may seem in no way connected unless you are doing what I'm what, unless you unless your brain is working like mine was working when I listened to a message this week they may feel in no way connected but if you would let's turn to the book of Genesis the book of beginnings the very first book of your Bible the 25th chapter of the entire Bible the 25th chapter of Genesis uh, I believe it's verse 32 if not the screen behind me is correct it is I know I made sure of it today it is correct Genesis chapter 25 verse number 32 and 33 read with me and Esau said behold I am at the point to die what profit shall this birthright do to me and Jacob said swear to me this day and he swear unto him and he sold his birthright unto Jacob okay now we are going to go several 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 chapters later several books later to the book of 2nd Samuel chapter number 23 verses 11 and 12 after him was Shammah the son of Agi the Hararite and the Philistines were gathered together into a troop where was a piece of ground full of lentils and the people fled from the Philistines does anyone recognize any repeated words I was doing this to you in class earlier today it's not brethren it's not brethren this time earlier today it was brethren it's not brethren this time so just look for the lentils is the repeated word here but he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines and the Lord wrought a great victory let's all pray together <laughs> Lord Jesus we love you we thank you for all that you do you are holy you are mighty you are everlasting God we thank you for all that you do in Jesus name I love you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I pray that you help me to deliver what you've delivered to me. Deliver it the way it was first delivered to me. In Jesus' name, I love you. I thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, be with us. Capture our hearts, capture our ears, capture our eyes. Let us not just hear, but let us do. In Jesus' name, amen. So, in our verses today, we have two verses Two, four verses, I guess. Four verses. Thank you. I was going to hope you didn't just go ahead and press forward. <laughs> so, here we have two men at critical, life-defining moments. These moments, I have heard preached about them many, many, many times. Pastor preached a message called Living Life with an Empty Bowl. I've heard him mention it several times. And it was talking about Esau and his decision to get himself a bowl of lentil soup. And I've heard several, several more people, I feel like I've heard this one preached more almost, this story of Shammah and his decision to defend a field of lentils. 
I've heard it preached both times in a lot of different places. I've heard it preached everywhere from youth services to men's meetings to uh, general conference to uh, all over the place. All of both of these stories have been talked about over and over and over again, from the highest stage to the most private Bible study. These are the stories. The story of Esau is included in. Several, in pretty much any time you hear a Bible study that's going through the whole Bible, it's going to get mentioned. Uh, Shama may or may not be mentioned every single time, but he's mentioned quite a lot. He's a, he's a favorite of preachers, especially uh, conferences and stuff like that. He's a favorite to talk about how this one man decided to fight a whole army over a field they say of beans because so often we like our we like our term. We it's a it's a famous saying. We like to be able to flip around these famous sayings. Oh, that's not worth a hill of beans. It's not worth a hill of beans. The insinuation, of course, is that a hill of beans is what? Anybody know? Worthless. It's absolutely worthless. What's the point of a hill of beans? What's the point of a field of beans? What's it worth? Because everyone else ran. But Shama stood that stood there and continued to fight off an army all to defend a field of beans is going to be so much easier for me, for me to remember than lentils, so I'm going to say it. Yeah. yeah, a field of beans. And beans, you've got a wide variety of what beans or lentils could be. Uh, You've got everything. Uh, now we we you've got green you got your green beans, black beans, coffee beans. When I went when I went googling beans earlier, I saw so it's so popular. When you when you Google beans, the first thing that pops up is not you. You don't get green beans. You don't get black beans. You get coffee beans because so many people on the internet love coffee. I can almost, I, I can assure you that he was not fighting for a field of coffee beans. <laughs> he was not fighting for a field of coffee beans. That soup was not coffee soup. <laughs> but what is the point? What, what's the big deal about the beans? What's the big deal about beans? In, in and of itself, absolutely nothing. But my brain started twirling and whirring when I started when I heard someone mention it. When they started talking about Shama, I heard somebody preaching and, and he mentioned Shama and him fighting for this field of lentils and my brain my brain gears started turning. And I started thinking of Esau. And I started thinking about this life defining decision that all centered around beans. It all centered around beans. You see, the beans don't mean much but in this case they both represent the same thing the thing at stake was a legacy the thing at stake was purpose my life's purpose my life my legacy that was left to me and my destiny going forward because you see a bowl of beans means nothing but if you're willing to trade it for your future, it means a lot. Yeah. A field of beans means nothing. But if you're willing to trade it for your future, it means a lot. Yeah. Yeah. 
What was critical here wasn't whether or not it, it wasn't even to the, to the trading for the future. It's the container the beans were in. Mm. What's critical is the container. You see, Shama was fighting for a field. And Esau bowed out for a bowl. Wow. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you today, do you want a field or a bowl? Wow. Do you want a field or a bowl? So, I'm going to set that down, Esau. I need you to come here. Okay, so here's the way the story works. Actually, give that to me. But I want you to go over there. I need you to go over here. Go on a hunt. I need you to go hunting, Jimmy. Esau. See, problem is Esau had been out hunting all day long. He didn't get he didn't get to have a gun like Jimmy's got right here. He didn't have a gun. He he might have had a spear. He might have had a bow. He might have had his bare hands. I don't know. Might have just been tracking. But he had been out hunting all day long. Meanwhile, his brother is at home. Cooking over a fire. Prepping some lentil soup. His name was Jacob, not Jakin. That's correct. But Jakin's the one stirring the bowl today. And Jimmy, not Esau, that hairy hunter is out going around while his meek, mild, manipulative brother <laughs> is stirring up some soup. Apparently there had been some beans had been planted recently and he had harvested them. You know, it's so much easier to harvest than it is to hunt. <laughs> you see, you can't predict what's going to happen while you're hunting. But if you'll plant some seeds, you'll get some results. <laughs> yeah. If you start prepping them over a fire, a harvest looks really enticing too. Mm -hmm. But you see, <clears throat> you see the hunter is tired, he's sweaty, he's rolling his sleeves up. That mop of hair is soaked. And he smells bad, too. I, sh I tell you. It actually says in the Bible he smells. It actually says in the Bible he smells, guys. His daddy could tell the minute he walked in how he smelled, how his clothes smelled. He could just smell it the minute he come in. <laughs> but he comes in. And he's hungry. He said, bro. Give me. That's exactly what he said. He said, give me. And he said, no, no, I ain't doing that. You see, you know, me and you are twins. Me and you are twins. And I've been trying and trying my whole life. And I think right now, he, he actually said, give me that soup or I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Do you want me to go home and tell our dad what? <laughs> you want me to go home and tell? And you want dad to find out? It's because you wouldn't give me no food. I died on the way home. Mm. 
And he says, you know, you know, it's just, I know it smells good. Don't it smell good? Man, I, don't it just smell so good? Well, thing is, thing is, thing is. Mm. <laughs> oh, man. You, you know, you see, bro, you, you know, I'll tell you what. I will throw in this food and even a bath <laughs> if you will just give me your birthright. <laughs> and he didn't say, I don't know, man. He, he said, what good does that do me if I die? And so Jacob said, I, here you go. I will give you the entire pot and spoon. You might want to watch your hands. <laughs> but thank you. It's a deal. Done, done deal. Good job. Pleasure doing business with you. Pleasure doing business with you. You can just sit right there and keep eating. Keep eating. So what is a birthright, guys? Anybody have any idea what a birthright is? So you see, Jacob was the younger brother. Jacob's the younger brother. That's my older brother right there. That's my older brother right there. And he, you see, we were so different. Uh, uh, we're fraternal twins. <laughs> we don't look a thing alike, so actually it's pretty accurate. The, the homebody with the suit and tie and the shoes and slick back hair versus <laughs> the big tough guy a little stinky and got that mop of hair going <laughs> actually at both he was literally named Harry not Harry not Harry Styles not Harry Ipog <laughs> his name's Esau Esau means Harry Esau means Harry <laughs> Uh, they named him Harry. That, well, meanwhile, they named me Deceiver. Yeah. <laughs> That's literally what the name means, guys. Because on the way out of the womb, Esau, Esau come out. He was had a full head of hair the day he was born. Up and down, just a hairy garment is what it calls him. So he looked like a hairy garment. And meanwhile, Jacob's coming out smooth and grabbing his heel trying to get ahead from the very beginning. But by being the firstborn child, even if it's by a few minutes, even if it's just by a few minutes, he's the firstborn child, and he gets everything. His right by birth is to get all his dad's stuff, all the family property, even the field those beans are grown on. You apparently, well, apparently you don't, because you just chose the bowl and gave me the very field. He gave me the field in exchange for what is now an absolutely empty bowl. He got nothing else left in that bowl. And now I've got the very right. Mm hmm Yeah, that's it. So now his bowl is empty. And he 
and his brother walks away with everything. So apparently we're talking about distractions today. Bowls. What, what container of just a little bit for now are we settling for? Of just a little bit for now. But while I get there, I need Shaman to come here. I need Shama to come here. So, I need, I need some more. I need you get up there. You two want to help me? Come on, anybody else want to help me out here? I want you to go join Shama. I want you to go join Shama. Shama. Let's hear Shama. Uh, okay, I need you guys to get to, get to some, pull out, pull out some weeds on the ground there. And you do some digging. It's harvest time, folks. It's harvest time. They're picking up. They're getting some beans out. They're digging out. They're prepping the field. And all at once, all at once, they get ambushed. You got an enemy army coming after you. And, um, these guys run. Take tail and run. Get out of here. And meanwhile, that shovel gets repurposed. Meanwhile, <laughs> there's the enemy army. <laughs> and he fights and wins the whole fight. Come on, just keep, just start chopping some heads, man. <laughs> He just starts chopping. He starts wailing. <laughs> he takes them all out. And so here we've got two very different guys. A repurposed shovel. An empty bowl. So who do you want to be? Uh, by the way, let me, uh, I already told you the name of Esau's name. Why don't I tell you about worthless over here? You know what the name Shaman means is worthless. He's actually the son of a guy who lived in the most worthless area of town, the most worthless area in the whole country, hills that produced nothing, an empty valley, to the point where they named this dude worthless. Oh, actually, another translation said disappointment. Absolute worthless disappointment. You absolute worthless disappointment. You have no future. You're from a place that offers you nothing. You have a field that offers you nothing. Meanwhile, this guy over here, his grandpa was told by God, wherever you walk, uh, you get the land. Anywhere you step, you get the land. You have the right to get whatever you want. Anything your foot steps onto, you get it. But you don't get it because you sold out for that. And meanwhile, this guy, who's supposed to be worthless, good for nothing, gets absolutely... You're a disappointment to your father the day he was born. And what do you get? Everything. You get everything because you fought off an enemy. Amen. Amen. 
So you made a choice. Do you cho so you choose. Do you want to be satisfied right now with a little container of a little bit of something that you could one day, you could one day have everything he has, but instead you, you hairy beast of a man that could fight off whatever you wanted, instead you pale in comparison to this absolute disappointment at birth that decided to be a warrior. So there you go. If you're looking for if you're looking for my point today, that's it. <laughs> you, this man was born a disappointment, but decided to fight his way to the top and be listed among the heroes that the mighty King David chose for his army. The top of the crop. Listed among men who fought off entire armies, one man. There's three guys that, that they list here. They talk about this. They talk about a few guys here. They, they say um, there was <clears throat> Eleazar, the son of Dodo, the Hoite, one of three mighty men with David. When they defied the Philistines, they were gathered together the battle. The men of Israel were gone away. He arose and smote the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand was cleaving to a sword. He couldn't even let go of the sword. He fought so hard. And then there was another guy named Shammah the son of Agi, the Hararite. The Philistines were gathered together into a troop. There was a piece of ground full of lentils. And the people fled, but he stood in the midst of the ground, defended it, and slew the Philistines. And the Lord wrought a great victory. Amen. They put him in the top of the crop. But his dad said he was worthless the day he was born. The day he was born, he was his father's pride and joy. You were the guy that your dad picked. And even though, even though, even though you sold out your blessing, even though you sold out your birthright, he was still wanted to bless you. But once again, you get cheated out of it. You get nothing. Why did, why did God not let you get anything? You gave it up. And also, on top of that, on top of that, on top of that, it actually says you didn't just give it up. You despised it. You didn't even like it anymore. You, you did, actually, there's a story. There's an old story. There's an old story. It's not remotely true because in it, animals talk, and there's this fox who fights tooth and nail to get some grapes at the top of a fence. He's climbing and trying and getting to it. He, he tries to knock down the fence. He tries to pile up stuff so that he can jump on top of it, but he just can't get, get it. And finally, after everything's over, he, he turns around and says, oh, they're probably sour anyway, and walks away. Uh, you know, that's not really worth it anyway. It's too hard. So I, I bet it's sour. But it's sour. I bet those grapes are sour. When we don't think that we can we can do it, we decide it's not worth doing it. It's not worth worth it to be rich. You know, it's not even worth it to win that prize because just think how much taxes you're going to have to pay afterwards. It's it's not worth it. 
It's not worth it for that because, you know, um, the majority of lottery winners lose all their money uh, within just a few years. And, um, you know, it's not worth it to win all that money because the only really, the, really the only way to get a lot of money is for something bad to happen to you. I'm not saying that there aren't taxes. I'm not saying most lottery winners don't go broke. And I, I'm not saying that sometimes uh, one of the things we pray for in our offering prayers, estates and inheritances, and it hit Bishop one day that the only way to get those is for people to die. Yes, rough stuff has to come. You see, the only way that Shama gets his field is if he doesn't run away when everyone else is running away. He has to pay a great big price to get it. If you want to become a millionaire, you're probably going to have to pay some kind of price to get it. If you want a spiritual life, you're going to have to pay a price to get it. If you want hell to fear you, you will have to pay a price to get it. If you want, if you want a legacy of children that live for God, you're going to have to pay a price to get it. If you want this church to grow, you're going to have to pay a price to get it. If you want God to listen to your prayers, you'll probably have to pay a price to get it. If you want people to trust you as someone that they can come to and you can pray for them and they'll be healed, you'll have to pay a price to get it. But worthless people become worth something when they pay the price to get it. And warriors become worthless when they decide to pay the cheap price. You see, it's, like I said, harvest gets results when hunting doesn't. Yeah. We've got a lot of people out there who prefer hunting over harvest, though. How many hunters do you guys know? How many, how many people you know that are hunters? Uh, would you say that it is probably more than 50? Yeah. How many farmers do you know personally? Less than 10. <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot less. The, you know, I know a lot less farmers than I know hunters. I know some hunters who are farmers, farmers who are hunters, but I don't know a whole lot of people. I know a lot of people that hunt. I don't know many people who hold out for harvest. Yeah. I also know a lot of hunters who are poor, and a lot of and the farmers tend to be rich. They're wealthier. They're more well taken care of. Now, I'm not talking about the day laborer on the farm. I'm talking about the man who owns the barn. I know a lot of farmers that are hunters. Yes, I know. I said that. I know a lot of farmers who are hunters. And I know a few hunters that may keep a garden. <laughs> but my point is this. Hunting, it's, it's great. You can, occasionally, you get a prize. You get a trophy pin it up on the wall or maybe or make a big feast but yeah in fact when you kill that deer you're never going to get another deer from it there's a whole lot of people i'm i'm holding out for my big trophy i come on a i come i come on the day i come to church on that one day 
when all everybody's there. I come to church in hunting season. I come to church so that I can get that big victory on the altar in the middle of youth week, in the middle of anniversary service, in the middle of Easter, in the middle of Pentecost Sunday. Yeah, I, I come for that big trophy experience. Yeah. Get your name drawn. I'm coming. I, I'm hunting for that $50 gift card. I'm, I'm hunting for that big prize egg. I'm hunting for... I'm, I'm, you know, I heard, they're, I heard they're serving spaghetti after youth service tonight. I heard they're serving spaghetti after youth service. And as I said it, people lit up and said, Are you serving spaghetti after youth service in two weeks? Who knows? Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. <laughs> But the, my point is this. Are you after your trophy? Are you after a hunt? Are you hunting for one big thing? Or are you going to plant your harvest? You see, this is harvest house. I, I, some people like the trendy names and all that for their churches. and They like the idea of be that big megachurch stylized whatever. And, and we're down here and we're talking about making fancy little coffee shop place downstairs. That's not my point. My point is this. Last year, right after anniversary service, my big point comes down to this. Right after anniversary service, Brother Near came and he preached two services. And he talked about there's two types of people that exist that come to your churches. Some of them are out some of them are out to consume. Some of them are out for the spoon and the bowl. Some are out for the spoon and the bowl. I want to slurp it down. Slurp down the spaghetti. Eat the chocolate bunny. Eat that chocolate bunny. Eat the... Uh, get the big prize. Have their name drawn. Come and obsess. Oh, let me draw it because I want to draw my own name. I want to get all excited when I draw my own name out of that little bowl. But let me tell you, there's an entirely different breed of people they get their name drawn out and they pass it on to somebody else happened a couple times there's a different group of people I remember the day I remember the year the Easter egg hunt came I'm not talking about what you think I'm talking about I don't think the Easter egg hunt came and it hit me. I'm not here for this anymore. And I elected. You know, I'm still a teenager. I'm still, I'm still younger than some people who hunted for eggs this year. When the, in this story. I assure you I'm not now. <laughs> I didn't talk about <laughs> That's a different category. But I decided... I'm not here anymore for the candy or the prizes. You know what made me decide to change my mind? The year before there had been an Easter drawing, I left my name in. It might have been back to school drawing. I left my name in. 
And it felt so weird when I realized I'm the youth pastor. I'm not here for the consumption anymore. I'm here to pick up a shovel, plant the harvest. Brother Neo put it this way. Do you want to be a consumer or do you want to be a producer? What are you here for? Are you just here to get something? And I have nothing wrong. Everyone comes here to get something first. And sometimes the con you know what? I, I highly doubt that there's a farmer out there who doesn't eat a single thing he plants. You have to make the decision, though. Am I here primarily to produce or primarily to consume? You will get something just by being here, no matter who you are. But you have to make the decision one day. Am I a consumer or am I a producer? Do I want the bowl for the short term? Just a little bit of what I can get right now. Or do I want something that years later, it's still going to matter? Jesus. Everybody, let's, let's bow our heads and let's pray for a moment. Jesus, I love you. Lord, I pray that you would give us guidance on this thing, Lord. That you would plant purpose inside of our hearts. That you would plant eternity inside of us. That you would not let us leave this place the same way that we came, Lord. Change our hearts, change our purpose, change our plans, change our agenda. Change us, transform us. Something you feel like. I read the words today when I was, when I was preparing for this message and I was looking at it and I saw the words. Disappointment. Worthless, worthless disappointment. Let me just read you a little bit more of this. Loss, desolation. He's a disappointment, guys. He's lost everything. I have a question, guys. Is there anyone here who feels like a disappointment? I'm not looking for hands raised. I'm not looking for anyone here to tell me personally that, oh, yeah, I know I'm worthless. No, my point is this. You can decide to change everything one day. Your family may be one way. It looks like I'm nothing. It looks like I'm worthless. It looks like I'm nothing but a bowl that's empty. But you can decide. I'm done with bowls. I'm done with, I, I'm done just having an empty bowl. I want to make something. I want to make a future. I want to decide this field is mine. This field is mine. I 
I'm done destroying my destiny. And I want to plan a destiny. I want to plan a purpose. I want to plan something. I'm done destroying. I'm done eating. I'm done with this. I'm looking for something entirely different and new. I don't want my destiny to be the same thing as my dad's. I don't want my destiny to be the same thing as my mom's. I don't want... I don't, and you do not have to be the same thing as everyone else. You need... Here's, here's what you can do. You can decide, when I come into this place, I'm going to pray. When I come into this place, I'm going to worship God. When I come into this place, you know what? Not, before I come to this place, I'm going to pray every day at home. I'm, I'm, I'm going to start reading my Bible and studying something. I'm going to start inviting people into the house of God. I'm going to start doing something completely different because that's how you change it. That's how you dig. That's how you plant. That's how you prepare the field. I am not the same anymore. I'm entirely different. I'm entirely new. I'm here to produce. I'm done with consuming. I'm done with consuming. I want to make something. I want to make something. It's about someone else now. It's not about me. And when you get to that place where it's about someone else now, you'll be remembered for the right reasons. You can become great. You can stay great. You don't have to be the same person anymore. You can be entirely different. I'm a person who prays. I'm a person who fasts. I'm a person who studies the Word of God. I'm a person who reaches the lost. I'm a person. But you have to, before that comes, you have to get that power to become a producer. And you get that power. I really you receive power when the Holy Ghost comes on you become a witness when the Holy Ghost comes on you. You've got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You've got to repent of your sins, turn away from sin. You've got to be baptized in Jesus' name. And God said he would fill you with the Holy Ghost. It is for you, for your children, for all that are far off of as many as the Lord our God shall call. Turn to that. Turn to that. Be transformed with God. Changing, nothing stays the same. Heaven.